What's the main thing to watch for this spring training? And why is it Jacob DeGrom's health? We'll tell you what to watch for this spring training heading into your fantasy drafts on this action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source for fantasy baseball knowledge. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here as always with my co-host and my brother, Matthew Ane. Here you You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball and we'll be there. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, especially on YouTube, because we love to talk fantasy baseball with you. On today's podcast, we're talking about players you must keep your eye on this spring training heading into your fantasy drafts. We definitely just want to make sure you guys understand there's certain players that, you know, if you're watching them and, you know, they might be moving up and down your fantasy draft boards as well as ours, and we just want to keep you guys in the loop. But, um, you know, as we mentioned uh, at the beginning, Matt, who are we talking about first here, brother? I mean, we might as well not bury the lead here and um, talk about Mr. Jacob DeGrom. Um, we all know the story of what's going on with DeGrom. He's a little hurt right now. And, you know, it's just the same same thing, you know, different team, different year. And it's starting to become a little annoying because, you know, we want to see him. We want to see him play a full season because we know when he does, he's the best player in baseball and best pitcher in baseball. And it's really just like frustrating at this point. And I'm um, trying to pull up what his injury is. Do you know off the top of your head? It's left left side soreness. Right. Left side soreness. So it's something you never want to see with a pitcher, especially as they're getting ramped up, or anybody as a professional athlete. Uh, you know, soft tissue issues. It's one of those things that can come back and nag you down the line, and therefore you're ending up with, you know, problems throughout the year, which is something that's been a pattern for him. He's starting to become a flanges guy, you know, an injury-prone guy. That's my my joke about it. And, you know, it, it's something that's really concerning for me. I, I just – I had to drop him down. I, I, I still have him in my top 15, but I don't have him as in my top 10 anymore. I have him all the way down at 14 now, and I think that's where I'm pretty much going to feel comfortable drafting him as more of my pitcher too. Um, if you have the cojones to draft him as your pitcher one, you know, God bless you. I don't blame you. Um, me personally, I'm just a little bit more on that conservative side due to the fact that I don't feel like dealing with that kind of injury-prone – player right now that flanges guy as my pitcher one it's like drafting kershaw as my pitcher one right now it's just i built his injuries into his price for me it's gonna be the same thing with Degrom. yeah you know jacob Degrom, as matt said definitely a flanges guy he's been injured all every year of the last four years from 2022 back to 2020 uh 2018 last year was the stress reaction in the right shoulder 
2021 tightness in his forearm, uh, you know, 2019 sore elbow, 2018 hyperextended right elbow. So, you know, a lot of arm injuries here for DeGrom over the last few years. But as Matt said, when he's healthy, he's the best, you know, pitcher in uh, fantasy and baseball in general. Uh, we don't really need to remind you of DeGrom's numbers because they're just absolutely dominant when he's, you know, on the field. I currently still have DeGrom in my top five starting pitchers. Uh, I'm, I moved Garrett Cole over him recently, so I have DeGrom at four. I just think the thing is he, he's an SP1, no matter how you look at it. I just think you have to you're, – you're not going to get any other, you know, better deal on him because right now he's coming off the board uh, 30th overall number five starting pitcher so if you want the grom you have to take him as your ace and i think you know he's going to give you ace like numbers while he's out there it's just how many innings is he actually going to give you but um you know he still throws 99 miles an hour and i mean you know just got to stay on the field with this guy so moving on though let's talk about somebody that matt and i have talked about a bunch already and we're just going to mention it again and that's a nasty nestor cortez and you know the thing with nasty is he has that uh grade two hamstring strain going on uh, he's not going to pitch in the WBC, which is a good thing. He, uh, you know, he's been throwing. He's been throwing over the last few days a little bit, so that's a good sign to see with Nasty. Then I currently have him ranked. Let's see. I haven't moved him down yet due to the injury, so I have him at 19. Kind of want to see, you know, this is why we're talking about him. I kind of want to see what he does during uh, spring training. I want to see what the process is, the mindset, what the Yankees say. And if he's going to be back in the second week, you know, third week, you could you could afford to miss a couple of starts from Nasty as long as you get him down the stretch, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, N- Nestor is one of those guys. It's like, I God, I hope he's healthy, but he is worrying me again. Same thing with Degrom. You know, it's a soft tissue issue, and you know, again, it's going to reappear. I don't mean to reiterate; it's the same argument. Go back and listen to what I said about Degrom in terms of that soft tissue issue. So I'm building it into his draft price now, unless I hear something different from now to then. You know, if you're having your draft tomorrow. I moved him down from 19 where I had him all the way down to 27. Um, you know, I just don't feel right drafting him that high anymore. Just due to the fact he'll be more of an SP three where I'd much rather take him right now. And to be honest, if he, when he decides to be healthy again, he's going to be a stud. And then that's a great SP three. But if he doesn't on the other side and he ends up having this long terms or setbacks, you know, that's where you're just like, I'm good, but let's move on here to our last guy here before the, before a, a break. And that's Mr. Blake Snell. Blake Snell is, you know, one of our favorites. We talk about him, talk about him all the time. You know, Blake is just one of those guys. We want to see if he's throwing the changeup. Let's see if he's playing with it again. God, I hope not, because if he's throwing that changeup, it makes me very scary. And that's going to affect where I put him in my draft price, you know, where I rank him right now. And that's, that's scary. Cause right now I have him pretty high. Like I have him at 26. Whereas like, you know, if he's not throwing that, that um, changeup right now, I'm probably moving him up to probably, 24 23 giving him a little bit of a pump up and you know I, I'm, i'd be pretty pretty excited to see i want to see if he adds anything i want to see if his velocity's up down left right upside upside down i don't know but let's see what happens maybe even the if he is throwing the change up maybe it's actually better and he finally mastered after like umpteen years you know let's just take a look and see what happens uh yeah a pretty much same argument from you know matt that i have it's it's really about if he's going to throw that change up or not uh blake snell's absolutely dominant when he's out there i'm actually going to read you off blake snell's last 16 starts last year it was from july 1st 
from September 27th. Once again, 16 starts, 86 innings, 127 Ks, a 2.60 ERA. Batters hit 2.12 off of him, and that whip was well under one. It was um, about a 08 something or another. And Blake Snell just that just shows right there. He stopped throwing that changeup around that time. That streak started. And that, that's all it is with him. I think he's a great SP3 and a, a like top-tier SP4. I have Blake Snell ranked at 32, so I'm comfortable with him as my SP3. I would prefer him as my SP4. But the thing to watch for in spring training, once again, to you know not, not to beat a dead horse, but watch to see if he's throwing that change up and see what he says in interviews. Because I know last year they asked him at the beginning of the year, hey, Blake, are you still going to throw that change up? And he's like, of course, why would I not throw my change up? And then everyone just face palms and they're like, oh, God, this guy, he doesn't want to, you know, know what, you know, like do what's successful, do what you're good at as anything in life goes, you know. But with that being said, before we uh, move on to our next segment, which we feature some hitters. If you're like me, you have a full-time job, you know, you like to go to the gym sometimes, but you need to have a quick snack that isn't high in calories. But hey, still tastes great. You got to try Built Bar. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but these bars taste delicious while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy for you. Built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Oh boy, if you need to sneak that protein into your diet, Built Bar is the way to go. They come in unbelievable flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box because for years we've been talking about only being able to get your Built Bars at Built.com. But guess what? Now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get you a box or two or three today. But let's move into our, you know, our little hitter segment here. And, you know, uh, who else but who else do you talk about but Fernando Tatis Jr., right? The thing is, is he's been out there. He's been working out. I've seen video of him with Juan Soto. Uh, you know, the big news is that he's probably going to be strictly playing right field from what I've seen and what I've heard. Xander Bogart slides into that shortstop position and man, Tatis, when he is Tatis, he, um, he's the man. He could be the best player in fantasy baseball. He's working his way back from, you know, that, uh, wrist, a wrist surgery. I believe he had a shoulder issue. He had, uh, you know, the suspension with the PEDs. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff to watch here with Tatis this uh, spring training. But let's go back to that stellar uh, stellar 2021, 130 games, 478 at-bats, 99 runs, 31 doubles, 42 bombs, 97 RBIs, 25 steals, and a 282 batting average. I mean, uh, at this point, you know, when you see those numbers, if Tatis can come back and he can give you 80% of that, I mean, he's an absolute monster. Right now, he is coming off the board as the 17th player overall. His average pick, though, is around 19.6. So I think that's a great pick. If you can get if you can get Tatis in, the, in your second round and pair him with a with a Julio, with an Aaron Judge, with um, you know, a Mookie Betts, just any of those guys, he makes a second great player on your fantasy team. Yeah, I mean. I'm really excited for Fernando Tatis to return to baseball. Um, Dom, you didn't say when his date was to return from suspension, right? Because I have it if you don't. I believe it's April 20th. Am I correct? I mean, yeah, it is. So April 20th, April 20th. Isn't, a, isn't a long. I'm mad I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> That's because you're a fiend. Um, no, Dom loves I, Fernando I love, Tatis. Love the guy. Um, so, like, Fernando is going to be returning on April 20th, which now is a hell of a lot better than it was if 
they didn't make the playoffs and go so deep because then he wouldn't be playing till about the end of May, June. So like it's only a 20 day lease, which is three weeks in fantasy baseball. I'm being bullish. I'm actually drafting him and on the turn at the second pick. Uh, if I can snag him anytime in the second round, I'm really on it. I don't really care. The kid could be the best kid, uh, best player in baseball. If you really just, you know, get, get himself out of the way and just be a professional and being a man instead of getting in trouble and getting in a motorcycle accident when he shouldn't be riding a motorcycle or being just a bozo or taking PEDs, you know, like those are the things yeah. that's frustrating about a young kid. So, you know, other than that, I'm drafting with confidence until I hear otherwise. I love this kid. Let's move on here to Mr. Starling Marte. Marte actually um, in the offseason had a um, had muscle repaired in his uh, surgery to have some things cleaned up and whatnot. Um, he only played about a 400 and he only had what? I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong tab here. He only had 466 at bats last year, which is about 100 shy. So he did miss some games in that time, though. He did have a good year, even with missing 100. Uh, 100 at bats at least you know in that time he had 76 runs 16 home runs 63 ribbies 18 stolen bases and batted 292 now that's a pretty good year it's not like the star wars season we saw you know and um you know a few years ago like in 2021 when he had 27 home runs and 47 stolen bases i don't think we're ever going to get back to that um I think we're going to be more on like this normal kind of pathway here, probably with, with a hundred more at bats. We see like two more home runs, maybe 10 more ribbies and maybe 20 more runs. And that batting average is going to be great. And I don't know what the stolen bases are going to look like. I don't think we're going to see, you know, 30 stolen bases anymore. I don't think we're going to see 25, maybe able to get up there to 20. I think that, you know, they're not going to look, they're going to not jeopardize him anymore since that, that lineup is so good and they're just going to, you know, preserve his talent. Yeah, the thing with Stalin Marte, as Matt mentioned, is he got that core muscle surgery, and that's really scaring me from what I've heard. The Mets are taking it very, very slow with him. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, he had the procedure done on his grind last year. So, you know, at 34 years old, going through all these surgeries and stuff like that is very concerning to me. I had him ranked super, super high before, you know, I knew about the core muscle thing. But I've actually moved him down my outfield rankings all the way down to 27. And right now, current ADP has Starling Marte going at, I believe it is the number, oh, hold on. I just had him here and I lost him. Jesus. Uh, bear with me. Well, once again, the thing with Marte is at 34 years old, he's probably, as Matt said, not going to run as much. Uh, the batting average probably will be there. You know, he doesn't. You don't really lose that kind of skill. And he's a career 290 hitter on the Mets. The runs and the RBIs might be good, but he's not really a power guy. He hasn't hit over 16 home runs since, uh, you know, 2020. So I just wouldn't currently draft Marte where he is going, which is actually the 19th outfielder, pick 71 overall. I'm not really going to, you know, uh, you know, bury my flag there with Solomon Marte. But um, moving on, we have um, our next guy here who is actually somebody very interesting, and that's Wander Franco. The reason that you have to watch Wander Franco was – Number one prospect for a two-year straight, I believe. And he's been very, very underwhelming so far. Uh, last year, you know, read off his stats as a 21-year-old. It was 83 games, 46 runs, six home runs, 33 RBIs, eight steals, and he had 277. The thing with Wander is, is he's such a great eye and he's such a great hitter overall. And, and, you know, last year in those 83 games, he walked 26 times and he only struck out 33. 
I think Wander Franco could be a 300 batting average guy with 20 bombs, maybe 20 steals, and very good counting stats as well. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how he looks coming into spring, uh, spring training. You know, he had, he was dealing with a couple injuries last year. And I let's see where I currently have Wander ranked at shortstop. And there's such a deep shortstop class this year. I currently have Wander as my number 12 shortstop, and I think uh, it's an absolute bargain. As far as ADP goes, he's coming off the board as number 13 shortstop, pick 86. I'll take that all day. If you miss out on some of the big names at the top, you know, 8 to 10 shortstops right after that, if you want to sit a little bit, wait, get him around pick 100, that's oh, a deal for Wander Franco. Yeah, I mean, I love Wander. I think, you know, I think he can get it together. You know, you don't just have – you don't just do what he did in the minors and not translate. I mean, look at what Vladimir Guerrero, Guerrero Jr. did for – for two years, you know, first two years in the league, he showed, you know, what he possibly can do, but then took some time to get there. So I think maybe this is that third year breakout and I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, I have Wander right now at shortstop as my number 10, um, you know, and that's bouncing back and forth. He's really, yeah. it's more like, it's more like a 10, a 10 B it's like him and Pena. Um, I think that Wander is going to be great. Outside of that, I mean, you, you can't really ask for more from the kid. He steals bases. He hits for average. Hopefully he gets into that man body and starts hitting power. And, you know, kid could be a five-tool guy. So, you know, I'm really excited for him. But let's move on here. Um, you know, we have some we have some wonderful things we have to talk about here. And um, we have uh, our <laughs> – I'm sorry, guys. Before we move on to that – we have to touch. We have to tell that a little. <laughs> Before we touch on the White Sox, Jeez, stuff, you're okay over there. <laughs> you got the wrong notes in here for me. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Um, before we move on here, we got to talk about our buddy Lindsay. Lindsay is a great podcast host. He was on here uh, last week talking prospects. He's on. He has his own podcast, Locked On Prospects. Guy has an encyclopedia of knowledge, and he's absolutely incredible at what he does. You want to learn more depth and knowledge about these prospects? Definitely, definitely take a listen to him. But I also got somebody else wonderful to talk about, and um, that's FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel is awesome. Here at Lockdown, we're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download FanDuel Now Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line, points scored, and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even pay, uh, lets you combine bets for a chance for a bigger payout with same day, same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when your first bet doesn't hit at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. To get your get started today, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the uh, NBA. Got that part nailed. <laughs> but you know, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, man, I love me. Anyway, um, hold on, let me just write this. Um, so we got somebody great we want to talk about. These are guys more questionable names that people that you're like, okay, what do we do here? These are late in the drafts and. And whatnot. So I'm really excited to talk about Mr. Cody Bellinger. It's funny enough, but like everybody's probably out on him and whatnot, but the guy's going for an absolute steal. He's almost free 99 in almost every draft. And 
you know what? There's a lot of upside. The kid was one of the best players in baseball at, at, when it, during his prime, and I don't think he's too far from it. I just think he's had a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of things going on in his life and whatever, but he's 27 years old. So, I mean, I'm hoping that he, can, he hasn't fallen off the planet, but also he's also free 99. So it's somebody that we want to see what he could do in the spring. Cause I mean, last year was very under underwhelming with, you know, 504 plate appearances, 70 runs. Um, I mean, at bats, 19 home runs, 68 ribbies, 14 stolen bases and batted 210, which is absolutely putrid in 2021. He had a shortened season because he was, I think, suspended or hurt. Which one was it, Dom? He was hurt. Hurt, he right? Was banged up. I don't know what the injury was, but yeah, he was banged up. Right. So he had 315 at bats. He had 39 runs. He had 10 home runs, 36 ribbies, three stolen bases, and batted a terrible 165. In 2020, you know, that shortened season, he didn't have a great year either. He batted 239. But then in 2019, he had a phenomenal year. He batted 305. He had 121 runs. He had 30, uh, he had 47 home runs, 115 ribbies, 15 stolen bases. You know, I don't know, like, like if he's going to return to that. But if we can even get like a quarter of that, where like he's somewhat fantasy sus- uh, sustainable, I mean, that's a steal of where he's going. I think he's going like free, like almost like your last pick of the draft because nobody wants to touch him with a ten foot pole. So like. I'm he totally- is going 46 outfielder, pick 185 overall. So that's like your yeah. like first bench player. Like I'm good with that. Yeah, it's still still pretty much free. Yeah, it's free. It's free, especially for the upside. And what's the worst that happens? You could replace a bench player the first week of waiver wires. So like I'm gonna take that chance on him, and I can't wait to see what he's gonna do in spring training. He's gonna be indicative of what we could see moving forward. So you know. Unfortunately, we might have to drive drive him up the draft board if he is killing that, and we're gonna have to talk about it. But you know, we'll get there. <laughs> Matt, do you say what you have him ranked on in your? I have him ranked. I currently have Cody ranked at uh, the fifty five outfielder. I'm a little bit below ADP, just because you know, as Matt mentioned, those last three seasons just have been putrid for him. Fifty three uh, you know, for his me. Average. Uh, so we're pretty much in sync. The thing here, his average season over the last three years is 98 games, 47 runs, 14 bombs, 45 RBIs, eight steals, and hitting 203. Uh, and the Cubs, Cubs have potential to be a sneaky good team this year with all of the moves that they made. You know, and uh, hopefully Matt Mervis gets the call at some point. I just, I'm just not taking that risk when you know. Uh, just some names that are going around him, like Oscar Gonzalez, uh, Jeff McNeil. Um, I'll take Mitch Hanniger, Brandon Nimmo, uh, you know, over him. I'll take Harrison Bader and Lars Newbar and Joey Manessis over him, even Jock Peterson. It's just at that point in the draft, there's I think there's still so much value in, at outfield, you know, as your number three or, you know, like your fourth outfielder. I just don't know if I'm taking the shot on uh, Mr. Cody Ballinger. But, Matt, next up, we have somebody that we had to find time to talk about this guy in this podcast. Uh, you know, uh, we, we always joke around and say a uh, case of the Mondesis, and that's Aldoberto Mondesi. Oh, Lord. Uh, right now, he is somebody that's also going for pretty much free 99 at the moment. I will uh, go over his ADP in a second. But, you know, Mondesi is coming back off of that ACL tear in his knee. The thing is is that he's ramping up. He's doing baseball activities. He isn't expected to start the year with the Red Sox. 
But you know what? You know, maybe that fresh breath of air in, you know, a new team, uh, maybe the expectations aren't so high on him. And he could say, hey, you know what? Uh, let me just do what I can. Right now, uh, Mondesi is coming off the board as the 24th shortstop, pick 235. And for me personally, I think that's just low enough that I'm finally turning the corner and I'll say, hey, you know what? Let me take the risk on him. I've done it in a couple of drafts already. And I, and what's the worst thing that could happen, as Matt said with Cody? You just drop him and you go in another direction. But let's just go over Mondesi's upside real quick. Mondesi's upside I want to say is uh, let's let's go back to the tw- 2019 season where he played 102 games, 58 runs, uh, 20 doubles, uh, 10 triples, nine bombs, 62 RBIs, 43 steals, and he had 263. So that's probably what you're looking at, you know, something like that, uh, maybe a middling batting average around 250, 260. The RBIs and the runs is really depending on where he hits in that Red Sox lineup. I don't think there's like a massive upside in that Red Sox lineup. The power isn't going to be there. But once again, we're drafting this guy for the steals. He's still only going to be 27 year old, uh, 27 years old, in case anybody forgot. And before I pass the Mondesis on to my brother, I just want to give me the Mondesis at 22 at I don't want the case of the Montesis, bro. <laughs> I don't feel like being hurt in hospital. <laughs> As we like to say, he's got his own uh, wing named after him. Yeah, several. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let me let me uh, let me take over here. Let me um, let me let me strap on my um, hospital gown and um, talk about Montesis, and hopefully, I don't get hurt in the process. And um, Alberto Montesi, I guess at this point, you know, is um is just one of those people that you know was always just been overdrafted. I mean, he's being drafted in the top one hundred, top top three rounds, and like he just never panned out. The guy got hurt and like broke a flange, broke this, broke that, and I just you're fed up with it. Now he's kind of like a reasonable price, and like I just I'll feel better about it because what's the worst that happens? Right, he does get hurt, and the best case scenario is the best player in baseball. It's it's just a catch-22. I don't foresee the last part, but I definitely will draft it to see what would happen. He can be your last pick. But let's move on here because I don't need to repeat what Dom said. Um, let's talk about Paul Seawald and Andres Munoz's situation here. So after looking at these guys, you know you don't know who's going to have the closing closing job at the end of the by the time the season rolls around. Uh, Paul Seawald had 20 saves last year, had a pretty good year. Um, you know, outside when he had the opportunity, you know, he had a 267 ERA, he had a 076 whip, he had 20 saves, and he got 64 innings in there and five wins to boot, which is pretty nice. Whereas Munoz really didn't have the opportunity. He did have 96 strikeouts, he did have a 249 ERA and a 0.89 whip, and with two wins. So he was more like a setup man, got some saves at the time. But I mean, he's younger, he's on a longer contract, you know, like this is these are the things you got to look at, right? So Munez is 20 years old. He he signed through 2025. Whereas 24, Seawall, 24. 24, I'm sorry. So the end of so the next year. Whereas Seawall, he signed through this year. And he's on a $4 million contract. So one of two things can happen. He's on a short leash because they want to see what Munez is, see if he's the future, if they even give him the job to be, begin with. Or the worst case scenario is he is your closer. You drafted him because he got the job. Halfway through the season, he gets traded because he's on a short-term deal. They want to move in Munez, 
And now he goes into a middle relief setup position, and then boom, you got no more, you got no closer. So like these are the certain areas we got to look at to see how they use these guys in spring training. Are they going to say, hey, we're fully confident in, in Seawald, and we're going to give him the job, and we're just going to ride it out? He's our guy. Or hey, there's going to be a committee, and you never want to hear committee, and you know it's going to be an issue. Yeah, man, that's pretty straight on analysis. I'm just going to add my two cents and then uh, we'll wrap things up here for today. Uh, the thing with Seawold is, is he came into the job at the end of 2021 and did a monster. He did very well with the 306 ERA in 2021 for Seawold, 62 games, 11 saves, 64 innings, 104 Ks, and a 102 whip. And then the whip was even better last year at a 076 and, you know, uh, 64 innings, 72 Ks last year. And the two six seven ERA. So Seawold just knows what he knows. He's a vet. He's done it before. Uh, he's gotten a lot of saves over the last two years. But Munoz is just that flamethrower. He throws a hundred miles an hour. A young kid. He's eager. He's ready. My and he's also recovering off of foot surgery. I haven't really seen any updates of where he's at at the moment. Uh, but Seawold is healthy and ready to go. So I think they start. They might start the year with Seawold. And transition Munoz, and as Matt said, Seawold might be a trade candidate come the, you know, uh, middle of the season trade deadline trade type of ordeal. But I could I could see them keeping both of them there and just you know let maybe Seawold teach Munoz and they get into that little uh, you know, uh, mentor mentoree type of situation. And you know Munoz takes the job maybe halfway through the year and they leave Seawold as a setup man because you know they they trust Seawold. Seawold is very good at what he does. So this is just something definitely to keep an eye on as spring training gets going and you hear reports coming out of Seattle's camp of what they're planning to do with the back of their bullpen. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got there with them. But, guys, you know, uh, that's uh, keeping it nice and tight and quick for you guys today. That's all. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review, and also check out our website. Our website has our rankings, uh, which are, you know, go by a 5 by 5 uh, category leagues, and they're also good for Roto. So, you know, check those out. If you have any questions, you can always email us or DM us as well. We always get back to you guys as soon as possible. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And if you like what we do, uh, you need to go check out our pal Lindsay at Locked on MLB Prospects and make him your second listen each and every day. Uh, Lindsay Crosby was on our Top 10 Prospect episode, so go check that one out as well. Tomorrow we will be talking about batters that are be- being drafted too early in your fantasy drafts. So maybe you avoid them and, uh, you know, we'll let you know more about that tomorrow. But, guys, that's it for today. So until next time, see you. Peace.